You're listening to a DM podcast. We are underway. G'day, guys. Welcome to Talking League. We are our weekly NRL fantasy podcast. I'm your host, TK. The boys are in the house. I'm here with Andy. Good to see your heads again, guys. Good to see you. And I'm also here with Corby. My, my notes, I'm pretty excited about them today. Let's rip in. Well, are you going to give away who today is yet or you <laughs> No, you I'll good? let you play the song. All Go right. ahead, mate. Go ahead. All right. Oh, I just messed up. <laughs> now, boys, I just found that. That's the Golden State Wall. Where is one? That's not even the New Zealand one. <laughs> Their one was so bad, I just had to pass it. Like, it was horrendous. Can we go back a, a little bit and just, you know, um, take note of who stuffed up that time? Yeah. Oh, I, think, I think Josh Corby yeah, threw you off. He threw you off. Yeah, sorry, Josh. One job. Yeah, this one's going to be a big one, boys. This was probably the longest chat I've had with an assistant coach. It was very open. So we've got about 25 minutes of Justin Morgan on first. But a very relevant team again, boys, because, again, a change of coach, plenty of new players. Are the Warriors one of the teams that excite you, boys? Very much so, but also TLT. Yeah. (laughs) Going to have to wait till that TLT. Corby? Yeah, the big muscle that they've bought. It's ridiculous. Like, if they don't punch holes through the middle, then, yeah, they'll be – Brownie be gone. He'll get the sack again. Yeah. You love a bit of muscle, Jim Boy. All right, before we get started, Talking League Fantasy Cop and Tipping Comp, it'll be open soon. Just waiting for the actual apps to start working. But more details will be posted at TalkingLeaguePod.com as we approach the season. Also, guys, we'll be doing daily player and team analysis, so head over to social media – Facebook, Instagram, find us at Talking League Pod and Twitter at Talking League One. If you can share the show with your family and friends and leave us a review on Apple Podcasts or on the Facebook page, that will also be appreciated. All right, let's rip in now. Warriors assistant coach, Justin Morgan. All right, guys, New Zealand Warriors assistant coach, Justin Morgan. He joins us on the line. Justin, welcome to the podcast, mate. Mate, thanks for having me on. Absolute pleasure, mate. Now, you've got a new coach this year, Nathan Brown. You know, you flip between both Stephen Kearney and also Toddy Payton, who did a great job back into the season. But with Brownie coming in, can you just give us a few insights on kind of how he's different to the other two fellas? Oh, Brownie's, um, you know, obviously vastly experienced. Um, you know, been at, I think, four different clubs now, both in the UK and, and uh, in the NRL. Um, extremely intelligent man. You know, his rugby league IQ is very, very good. Um, his attention to detail is very good. Um, you know, it's fair to say he's, he's, he would be a, a player's coach, you know. I think, you know, he enjoys being around the players. Um, but I'd say one of his, his real key strengths is his knowledge on the game um, and his experience. As I said, you know, he spent time at St. Helens and Huddersfield um, where I sort of coached against him for a little while. So okay. we sort of go way back a little bit. But... Um, <laughs> Yeah, so it's it's been good having him in. You know, it's, it's it's been really educational for not only the players, but certainly for me and some of the other staff as well. So, uh, yeah, it, it's been uh, it's been really good the, the first few months. Even though pre Christmas he was in New Zealand and I was in Australia looking uh, after the Australian blokes with Craig Hodges. So, um, it's nice for us all to be together together finally. When you got a little bit like that, Justin, is it is it really hard every day to get motivated? No, not really. Um, and I'll tell you the reason is that um, 
I was out of the game for for a couple of years, yep. um, and you learn to really appreciate something when it's not there. I mean, mm. I think when you when you want to coach and you have been coaching, and I was fortunate enough to play as well, that um, I wouldn't say you take it for granted, but you just know that it's a, it's a special job and it's a special environment to be involved in with high performing people. And while while with most jobs, there's frustrating parts. I think I think you know we're pretty fortunate to have the job that we've got. Um, so. In terms of motivation, I don't think anybody that's um, that's been in the game and then obviously been out of it, and, mo- and most coaches have at some point been out for a period of time, some for a couple of months, some for a couple of years, and when you do come back in and fortunate enough to get another opportunity, you, you tend to appreciate it a lot more. So, yeah, I love bouncing out of bed in the morning and uh, and getting down there and, and spending some time with the players and any other coaches as well. You know, it's, um, it's, there's always plenty of things to learn. Definitely. Well said, mate. Now, Tamworth, they really embraced you guys last time you got in, but I can only imagine for all you guys turning up the first time at Tamworth, it would have been a little bit different. You didn't know what to expect. What's the mood like going into the second time that you're going into the, the little country town? Yeah, I think um, I think it's great the fact that we've been here previously. I mean, the last time we were here, we were in, we were in hard lockdown. You know, we're very fortunate. We've got Scully Park across the road from the hotel. Last time we were here, uh, West Leagues was closed, so... You know, we had all our meals there. We had an auditorium where, you know, you could go and you know, there was an area where you could play some basketball and so forth. But we were, we were purely isolated. You know, we're, we're in a hard lockdown, but we're in a big a big house, so to speak. Um, and the players really didn't get a chance to go out and explore. But um, we were fortunate enough last year, we came back and we played a game against the Knights. Um, and the town really embraced us. And, you know, you know, I know last year we had the two, three, four, oh, the postcode of Tamworth on the jersey yeah. to, you know, to say thank you to, to the to the to the town for or the city for for looking after us. But this time we've been able to sort of get out amongst it. The players have been able to get to cafes and so forth. And while we had to be, you know, um, adhering to, you know, state regulations, you know, the New South Wales COVID regulations, um, still able to get out, which has been great. And, um, you know, I've got a great affiliation with the, with the town. My mum and dad live here. My sister lives here. So it's oh, been great wow. for me. I've got yeah, a chance good. to spend some time with my family, which has been really good as well. I've got to play golf a little bit. My old man won't mind me saying this, that I beat him on the weekend for the first time in a while. So that was that, that was that was that was very enjoyable as well, mate. Very enjoyable. Hey, Justin Morgan, the the fresh prince. He's the fresh prince of Tamworth. He loves it. <laughs> I do. I do love. It. I've been coming here since I've been a kid. As I said, my mum and dad. Well, I'm originally from Sydney, but um, they they've got friends up here and been coming to this part of the world for a while. And um, yeah, I, I, I really like it. You know, I've been here for country music a few times. Yeah, it's good. Even yeah. though I'm a city slicker. Yeah, even though I'm a city slicker, I, I do like getting up here. And, and the town's been really good. You know, they've really embraced us. You know, every time you walk down the street, and everyone's saying, yeah, thanks for coming and, and so forth. So we've got an open training session while we're here as well. So hopefully we get a few people turn up for that. So um, that, that'll be a nice way to sort of, you know, show our appreciation to um you know, to the people of Tamworth and, you know, they can get signed some autographs of the players and, and get some photos and so forth. But the other thing that's been great, you know, Scully Park is a, is a fantastic venue. I mean, I, I know that the, the Tigers and the Knights have, you know, and, and I think even Canberra have played some games up here. It's just a great venue. It's a great little boutique country venue. They played City Country here a few years ago and we're fortunate enough to get the train on a high quality, um, you know, NRL standard field, you know, every day. So, that's been good. Um, we've got out the Farrah Agricultural College, which yep. has produced some pretty good um, players over the years. Yep. I think Tommy Leroy, yeah, Tommy Leroy Lars. I think Alan Tung went there, and there'll be a, there'll be a few others. Um, so we've got to train out that facility as well. So yeah, it's, it's been it's been a good stay so far. Definitely, mate. I grew up on the Brett Kenny Hill watching you play. My my 
brother is a huge Parramatta fan, right? But the biggest thing I remember is the old Warriors. The old Warriors who were so much bigger than everyone and used to bash the hell out of everyone. Now, looking at your recruitment, some of these boys that you've picked up, Benny Murdoch Masilla, Kane Evans, Aiden Fanua Blake, like there's some, some serious muscle and units joining this already big team. Is this kind of like where we're going back to now, the strategy kind of the old school Warriors? Yeah, I, I think that's a, that's most probably a, a really good analysis. I think, you know, it's been the misconception over the last maybe 10 years that the Warriors were always big, but realistically over the past, you know, 10 years or so, they haven't been one of the bigger teams, you know. Um, they've been a lot of the same body shape a lot of the time. Um, and I think that with the new rules, you know, where there's a little bit less structure playing off the cuff and if you've got a good dummy half and, you know, we've got a pretty good dummy half coaching our footy team, you know, yeah. in Nathan Brown and, you know, he's, he's certainly going to be helping our dummy halves, you know, namely Wade Egan and unfortunately for Carl Lawton, he was injured, but there'll be a few others that'll be, you know, on the fringes that he'll be able to do some work with. Um, that's going to be a, a real advantageous for us having some big men again, you know, and you throw in guys like Leeson and you throw in Bunty, you throw in Torhu Harris, who's, who's a big man himself, yeah. you know, doesn't have the, I suppose, the explosiveness of, you know, Adam Fanua Blake or, you know, Kane Evans, but he's still a big man. So it, it'll be really nice for, for our hookers and our halves and Roger to be playing on the back of a, of a big team. And I think, you know, Peter O'Sullivan, our, our head of recruitment, has done a great job in, in, in getting different body shapes for us. You know, you mentioned Kane Evans, you know, he's about nine foot seven, you know what I mean? And then, <laughs> you know, you've got the you've got the mobility of, you know, of Benny Murdoch and, you know, Adam, you know, he's a he's an athletic big man, do you know what I mean? Um so I, I think we've got a nice little balance with you know, with our with our body shapes as well, which which always is a difficult thing as a defensive team. I know thinking about defence that when you're coming up against, you know, different body shapes, the different types of tackles that you have to master that week to make sure that you win the ruck and so forth is so much more difficult when you've got three or four different body shapes. So, mm. you know, Sully's done a great job. You know, he, you know, we've also picked up, you know, Ewan Aiken, which has been a great yeah, buy for us, along man. with Marcelo Montoya. Yep. You know, he's been training the house down. So a nice balanced squad, but, you know, um, as Sally says, he's done his job. It's up to the coaches now to make sure that they start to play well. So, uh, yeah, that's why we've been having our heads down for the last uh, the last few weeks. Yeah, mate, super excited about Benny Murdoch because I watched so much Super League and I interviewed one of his teammates, uh, Blake Austin, last year, and he, he raved because they played on the same edge together. Now, just with Benny, yeah. he's like – a lot of people are penciling him in for a number 10 jersey, a middle position, but I've always only seen him play on the edge. Like, can you give us insights on where you guys see him? Yeah, we see him as an edge. You know, we feel that, um, you know, and Brownie's really keen on, you know, back rowers being big and robust and, you know, doing some damage on the edge. And we saw the emergence of Eli Katoa last mm. year, only a young kid, but, you know, maybe a young Ben Murdoch, if you know what I mean, in terms of, you know, the way he plays the game. So um, he, he might spend some time in the middle, but I would imagine that, you know, we'll be trying to pencil him in on the edge. You know, he'll be sort of, you know, um, playing there with Ellie. You've got Josh Curran. You've got Jack Murchie, who was with us last year as well. Yeah. Torhu Harris can play on the edge. So uh, Bailey Sirenen, you know, can play on the edge, slash in the middle, while he's a different style of player to those guys. Um I think the the best thing about watching watching Benny in Super League um, over the past few years is that 
while while when he was over here with the Tigers, a very good offensive player. I think he's turned into a really good defensive player. You know, he, he's really enjoys that part of the game, and sometimes that comes with a little bit of maturity. And you know, obviously went over to I think to Salford originally, and then yeah. to, to Warrington, obviously a senior player. Um, and I've really enjoyed watching him defend. He actually enjoys that part of the game, um, which is great. So. Um, yeah, I think if we can, we, you know, he, he certainly looks like he's, he's up to speed in our role, what we've seen so far. Um, but I would imagine if you spoke to 15 other clubs, they're all happy the way they're going at the moment. You know, no one's lost a game. No one, you know, no, 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 no one's lost three in a row and anything like that. But, um, yeah, he'll, he'll be a, he'll be a really welcome addition for us. You know, he's big, he's mobile. Um, and, you know, as I sort of already mentioned, the way that the new rules are, there's going to be a lot less structure, yeah. you know, a lot of the space and a lot of the, you know, um, opportunities will be on the back of fast play the balls and you need guys, athletic guys to get hard over the advantage line. So um, he certainly fits that, uh, that category. Definitely, mate. One guy that you mentioned before, Wade Egan, you know, obviously he's your genuine hooker in the squad now that Carl Lawton's gone down. is Are you guys – I've seen Brownie just talking about trying to get him to play 80 minutes, but essentially you also need to have some backup, and I'm sure that other players are kind of training in that position as well. Who's his, who's kind of backing him up at the moment? Yeah, um, we've got a couple of young kids, you know, um, young Temple and young Ten, Tenella. Um, I, I don't think that they will be ready to play NRL this year, but – Certainly, in terms of their development um, over the next 12 to 18 months, they're obviously training full time with the NRL squad, so they're getting a lot of lots of reps, whether it be in that in the first the first 13 or whether it be in the opposed when we when we're going against each other. Um, so they're certainly there. Jazz Tavung has played a little bit of dummy half as well in the past, so yeah. um, we'll certainly get him up to speed in that regard. Um, yeah, it, it just makes a huge difference if you can have a number nine that plays. You know, plays 80 minutes. I mean, whether he'll be able to do that for 20 odd weeks or, or not, I'm not sure. But the one thing I know with Wade, what he has done, he's worked really hard in the off season in, on his conditioning. Mm-hmm. He works really hard uh, with the other elements, you know, away from the game, you know, with his diet and his recovery and all those types of things. So if there's a player that is putting himself in the right space to be able to play 80 minutes, it's Wade Egan. Um, as I said, you know, I think he's a 40 or 50 gamer now yeah. um, in the NRL. So, you know, he should be sort of creeping up to, to, to that possibility. Um, and I know that, you know, Brownie will be pushing him really hard to, you know, to to do that at some point. There'll be no doubt there'll be some games throughout the year where he'll need to have a breather um, at different stages. So hopefully we'll get a couple of part-time guys there. Um, you know, maybe even someone like, you know, Bailey Sirenen might be able to play there for a pinch, you know, for a yeah, period yeah. of time in a game, you know. You mostly wouldn't want to play him for 60 minutes there, but you know if you need to play him there for 10, 15 minutes, yeah. he's got the skills and the and the know-how and the good defensive habits in the middle of the field to be able to play like that. So um, it's disappointing for for Carl to be going down because he would certainly fill that that role as well. But um, we'll get by and um, you know and and hopefully you know touch wood that you know we stay nice and healthy in that position. Definitely, Justin. One of the good strategies from last year that I really admired was the. The move from Tohu Harris starting on edge for 20 minutes or 25, then moving to the middle, using that footwork and that beautiful short pass. Who came up with that? Well, uh, Tohu loves playing in the middle. You know, you very rarely do you get guys on the edge that can sit out there and smoke cigars for half the game yeah, and yeah. Then, then, say that, and then come to the coaching stuff and say, Matt, I want to go and play in the middle. I want to go play in the middle. Um, he just adds a huge amount of value for us in the middle. You know, he's such an intelligent defender. He's come from a great system out of the storm. Um, 
So, you know, he's a great communicator. And as you've mentioned, his, his late footwork at the line is so hard to defend in the middle, especially, you know, around bigger guys are a little bit, you know, a little bit fatigued. So that's certainly an option for us, you know, to start him on the edge, move him, move him into the middle. But, um, yeah, I know he, he'll add value for us wherever he is. Um, you know, we're most probably inclined at the moment to think that he adds a, you know, must probably the most value in the middle. But at the, in saying that, it just saves you an interchange, you know, by yeah. starting him on the edge, moving him to the middle, you know, there's a little bit less work rate early on playing in the edge. Um, and then, you know, somebody can maybe come on and finish the game 60 minutes and don't have to take that player off. So those, those types of strategies we haven't really discussed just yet. Yeah. Um, we, we're just trying to, you know, trying to get the, I suppose, the nuts and bolts into to everybody to defend where they need to defend or where they need to mm. attack. Um, and we're very fortunate with someone like Toru that, you know, he's fairly he's fairly capable in in most areas. You know, so um, it gives us a really good option. So, uh, but if you ask Tor, he wants to play in the middle. There so you go. I'm not okay. sure. You're like, I'm not sure if the same answer comes to September and he's played 60 <laughs> minutes in the middle for 24 weeks. You know yeah, what I mean? Yeah. So he, he actually he, he trained with us down in Kiama because he he didn't go back to New Zealand. He was one of the Kiama based crew yep. um, pre Christmas and. Unfortunately for him, you know, he got a he got a sort of a it was the last tackle of the day of the last training session, and he got a cut on the eye uh, just below the face. He's got this big scar. I said, mate, now you're welcome to now you're in the middle. You've got the scar on the face. You're a middle <laughs> player from now on. No more hair. going out on the edge, mate. <laughs> yeah, the pretty boy's gone. Now the pretty boy's gone. Nice, yeah. mate. Yeah. One guy yeah. you you missed last year, just was was Leeson Armour because he's just such a tough bugger in the middle. Is he is he good to go? Oh mate, he's good to go. You know, he, he had a, he had a really unfortunate injury. It was actually when we were in Tamworth last year. You know, he hurt his pec. You know, mm. really, you know, simple exercise. So, um, I think maybe on the back of you know being in lockdown for a period of time and then coming here and trying to jam so much training into a short period of time to get players ready. But he's ready to go. He's completed most sessions, and you know, I, I sort of think my mind will cast my mind back to you know that great year that he had at the Dragons when he was coming off the bench and just. He's, he's, he's like he's made of granite, you know what I mean? Yeah, he's yeah, like yeah. Ruben Wicky, you know. You touch his body and it's like concrete, you know. Yeah. And he's one of those guys that can just find his front. He's so efficient with the with the way he plays the ball. And, you know, he's a solid defender in the middle. So, again, and a different body shape for the other guys, you know what I mean? Yeah. So, Leeson can start. He can come off the bench, you know. So, he's got that ability to do that as well. So, it gives us, you know, a number of different options to, to, to look at, you know. Um, you know, for the makeup of both our bench and our starting front row. So Leeson's ready to go. Beautiful. You know, he's, he's been training the house now, which has been great. Justin, another guy that I really, really like, and probably his coming out party, I reckon, was in, at Gosford last year when you played Parramatta, and that's in Chanel Harris-Tavita. I really thought he stood up that day, so entertaining that day as well. What can you tell us about his progress, and will kind of he be a dominant half that wearing that number seven this year, you reckon? Yeah, I think, you know, for Chanel, um, I think we saw last year, and that game that really does stand out for me, and there was a few others as well, and it was a big decision for the club to let a player like Blake Green leave, you know, with uh, you know six or seven weeks to go, um, considering, you know, we're in with an outside chance, and Greeny was a very vocal character in yeah. our team, uh, a part of our senior playing group, but I think, you know, it was a really good decision from the management Um to, to, to let Greeny go from the point of view that it showed the faith in Chanel to say, mate, you're our man going forward. You're our man for the future. Yep. It's up to you now to stamp your authority around this footy team, um, along with Cody. Um, 
But yeah, you know, the footy team is his. He's going under a really intense um, education process with Brownie. You know, as I said, Brownie, you know, rugby league IQ is very, very high, um, especially from the offense side of things. Um, so he's going through a, a really, you know, fast track education process at the moment. Um, but I really love his attitude. You know, he likes to defend. Um, he's not afraid to get his body in front. He's a, he's a real student of the game. And I think, you know, if, if he applies himself, this could be a breakout season for him, not only for, for Warriors, but he can also stamp his authority as an NRL player for many years to come. Um, but, you know, he's still learning the trade. You know, he, he was fortunate enough to get some good insight from somebody like Stacey Jones last year. So, um, yeah, look... We're we're very hopeful um, that that he can lead this team around, along with the support, you know, of someone like Cody, and we've got Roger at the back and, and Wade as well, who's who again is under a really intense education process to to make sure that these, you know, less than hundred gamers um, are able to lead this team, you know, to to where everyone wants to get to, which is the back end of the season and, and playing playing those big games come the back end of the of the year. Yeah, can't wait to see him play. Okay, last couple of guys that I just want to pick your brain on. The first one is Paul Turner. Great debut against the Doggies last year. It was like an Anthony Mundine clone. He was going everywhere. His footwork's beautiful. What can you tell us a little bit about Paul, mate? Yeah, he moves like Chuck, doesn't he? Like, he does. even the way he moves, you know what I mean? He reminds me of Chuck so much. Even Brownie said that, you know, when he, when he was watching last year. He said, mate, that's Anthony Mundine. What's going on? <laughs> yeah. So, um, look... Again, you know, a, a good young kid, you know, um, still learning his trade in the halves. Um, you know, he, he has some utility value as well. Um, you know, most probably not fullback so much, but, you know, considering, again, where the game is going, we might see the evolution of the, the centre position not being as big a player, you yeah. know, because, you know, in the past, you used to have to be so big and robust because the fence was so set. You had to, you know, basically blast the inside shoulder off defenders. But now with a little bit more, you know, playing off the cuff a little bit, you might find the evolution of the centre um, goes back to, you know, being a little bit more of an elusive type of player. So he could fit that role over time mm. if that's where the if that's where the game goes. Um, again, you know, he could find himself in that utility position on the bench, you know, to can play in the halves, play in the yeah. centres, possibly, you know, on the wing, you know, to pinch, you know, if we need to play in that fullback. But he's lightning fast. He's still only a kid, you know, he's still only learning, but you know, I've seen some more consistency in his training, um, and you tend to find that with young players that you know that they'll be they'll be good one day, they'll be you know really poor another day. Um, you know, Paulie T is working really hard on being consistent, consistent with mm-hmm. his decision making, both with the ball and 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 indeed. But um, again, he's another one. You know, the, the I suppose the the ball's in his court. You know, and and if he gets an opportunity again. Um, I certainly wouldn't want to be defending against him. I, I don't know if I'd get a hand on him. He's just he's so elusive, he's so fast, and he's so instinctive. You know, those types of things. What you saw with him, I think, last year was that you know how instinctive he is. You yeah. know, and and those players, I think, are going to really fold back into the game. They're going to come back into yep. the game where you know the Preston Campbells and the Anthony Mundines, those kind of guys. guys yeah, you know, they are exceptional. Yeah, the little guys. They are exceptional players. But I think you're going to see a lot more of those players in the game now because of the the lack of structure that we're most probably going to see with the six again and all those types of things. So it, it'll be entertaining for people to see players like that playing the game again. Definitely agree. Now, last guy, mate, I think he just flew a little bit under the radar. I don't think he gets the raps that he deserves, but really impressed with Adam Pompey last year, mate. What can you kind of tell us your thoughts on Adam from last year and kind of where he fits in the mould 
heading into in round one. Yeah, yeah, real quiet guy, um, uh, Adam. Um, again, you know, learnt part of his trade um, at the Roosters. Uh, really talented guy. One of those guys. I think one of his great attributes is. You know, he's got a great awareness and of his own body and how to move it into space. You know, he's one of those guys that, you know, like similar to like a Joey Manu, those kind of guys, you know, while they're, they're big and, and, and mobile, they just know how to find space, you yeah. know, and he's one of those guys. Um, you know, again, you know, he's practicing both at centre and, and, and on the wing. Um, you know, he doesn't really have a preference of a side. You know, he's much of a little more of a left-sided player than anything, but Look, we've been practicing him on the right as well, and he looks pretty comfortable there. Um, I thought the back end of the the year last year showed that you know he can compete regularly in the NRL. The big challenge now for him is when the opportunity arises, because you know it's it's fairly competitive positions. You know we've got Fuss back, we've got Ken back. Mm. You put you and Aikman, you know Pet Hiku, uh, Paul Turner you've mentioned, um, you know Marcelo Montoya's there, you know Adam Pompey's there, so. When the opportunity does come for him, it might be round one. I I, I don't know. But when the, when the opportunity does come, he needs to show he needs to show consistency in his performance, yeah. like he did the back end of last year. So um, I think he would have gained a great deal of confidence out of last year, knowing that he could compete on a regular basis. I think in the past, you know, his career was in for a week, out for two weeks, in for two weeks, out for three weeks, and the fact that he got back to back games over a period of time. You know, I think not only proved to, to everybody else that, you know, wow, this guy's an NRL player, mm. also proved to himself that I can do that. So um, we're very fortunate at the moment, touch wood, that, yeah, you know, depth, we're mate. really competitive. Yeah. yeah, we've got some depth, you know. Um, and like I said right at the start, you know, Peter O'Sullivan, you know, has done a great job. You know, you, you can't just change a squad in, in 12 months or 18 months. It takes time and, you know, and he's got a nice balance to the squad at the moment and, you know, it, it's it's great for us coaches to work with um, with those quality players. Definitely. Well, Justin Morgan, really appreciate you stopping by the podcast, mate. Some great insights there. Wish you all the best for the season and also enjoy your stay down in Tamworth and then back into Terrigal, mate. Yeah, good man. No worries, mate. Great chatting and uh, let's look forward to a great 21 eight. Boys, the big three, RTS, Tohu Harris and new boy, Adam Fanua Blake. Let's start with you, Corbs. RTS, the best fullback in the world, some say. Maybe some say James Tedesco. Maybe I just made a stuff up big time there. But RTS, any interest, mate? Yeah, I think he's cheap for that 47 average. And again, I had mentioned before the big muscle, and it was also in the interview there, he should thrive off the back of some of these big boys. And it just if they can get on that front foot. From the offloads RT- and that, yeah. Yeah, RTS could go nuts. Oh. I feel like they're... He was sort of trying to do everything last year at times, and they yeah. still did go quite well. But, yeah, if this pack can get going, uh, he will be one of the biggest benefit to benefactors yeah. of this. Andy, agree? I agree. I'll, I'll have him in draft and classic. I think he'll relish with a new coach and all well, the new need, recruits. You need some backs. So oh, I think, yeah, yeah. <laughs> you definitely need They were him. disgusting last year. Were they what? I think we're all in agreement there. So, boys, we start with uh, – we'll just keep going. Tohu Harris, boys. Now, he was one of my star pickups from last season. Really like the fact that he did get the jewel. And let's hope he does do that edge-to-middle thing because when he does, he's a 60 points-plus player. Probably a little bit pricey compared to last year at 807K. 
But Andy, is he still maybe is he out of your price range? No, I think he was the most consistent player I fancy last year. It was just constant high scores, and whenever I versed you, mm. I always knew he was getting sixty points. It was ridiculous. So I'll have him in draft and classics. So with that, especially with that dual position, it just makes him a lock. Corby, did your ears just light up when Justin Morgan said that Tohu wants to play in the middle? Yeah, well, that's where he gets his big points. But he burnt me in classic last year. And I didn't even own him. The reason he burnt me is because he kept scoring well and I was just waiting for him, for him to have this off week. And he was that player. <laughs> he that never he came. It never, never came. came. <laughs> and I was just waiting there, waiting there. And, yeah, it, just one of those ones that got away. You know, last year, for all the players that scored over 60, he had the lowest ownership, 5%. Really? So he's one of those guys because he's not that flashy, but he racks up all these points. He kind of goes on the radar because he's just not one of those flashy footballers. But if you're looking for maybe, like you said, Andy, a consistent guy, 807 is not that much to pay, especially if he's going to rack you up in the 60s know what you're every getting, year. You know what you're getting every week. That's what you want. Yeah. All right. Last guy, guys, Adam Fanua Blake. Now, I think he's kind of still living on a bit of a reputation. Remember he destroyed the Sharkies in that first semifinal in 2019 when he was kind of – everyone else was out but him. And he really stood f- strong, and everyone thought that he was going to turn into the 60-point uh, game guy, but he just – Hasn't. He's kind of still averaging around that 49 mark. Corby, where are you predicting? Where do you see him? Well, this one, I know we'll talk about him a bit more later on with Egan at that hooker position. If they don't carry another hooker on the bench, which it sort of seemed like they're not going to, that puts another forward on the bench in the rotation. Mm. And then that's not going to give any more minutes. And that's what he needs. His points per minute is through the roof. Yep. But if he's not getting those bigger minutes, it seems like they're just going to go for this big power game. So get him on, get him off. And with the four forwards on the bench, I don't know if I'll be going near him. Yes, but- big, oh, again, teamless Tuesday. But uh, yeah, I don't think I'll be going near him with the talk of Egan playing 80. Yeah, I've got to agree with that, especially at 659. If he's only scoring a 4950, you could probably get someone half the price that probably will get a 45, right, Andy? I'm going against his, actually. <clears throat> I'm, oh, yeah. I'm backing him to... Uh, top 49, I think. I think he will relish with the Warriors. I think uh, Brownie obviously has a bit of inconsistency with his inter- with his bench players and with what minutes they give him. But I think he'll start. I think he's going to point to prove. He left mainly a bit sour, I think. So I think he'll rip in. Ripping in the tear. I'll give <laughs> you, if you could admit you had a gut feel. There's no gut feel. I will give I'll, you a tick. Otherwise, you'll get a no, no, no. Aiden, Aiden called me yesterday. So he's in ripping tear. So. <laughs> oh, You're, lucky. You. You're lucky. You're <laughs> lucky. All right, boys, Jazz Tavaga. He's probably the one in the pack that probably worries me the most, and it probably does stem from Carl Lawton being injured because he might end up on the bench as more of a utility. He does score pretty good, but, boys, like he's still scoring one point a kind of minute last year, 50 points. He only played 47 minutes, which is kind of – because, like, he was starting every fight on the field. He, he kind of kind of looked like he was playing 80 minutes at time. But Do you remember the running with Brown, Nathan Brown for, from Eels? Brown, he fights on. everyone, but <laughs> he dead set fights everyone. Corby, any interest in Jazzy? Where do you see him playing, though, TK? Sorry, Four, I'll throw one back. 14. 14? Yeah. I reckon they're going to start – yeah, yeah, I reckon he's going to – I reckon he goes lock. I reckon I reckon, he starts 13. Yeah, maybe he does go 13, but – just the way that oh, I don't know, fourteen maybe. Andy, save me. I th- I think he'll play lock, um, and then when, like you said, Tohu Harris will switch to lock, and then have that rotation. And that's where I fear 
he may even take over Wade Egan as hooker as well because Wade Egan hasn't played that many games, uh, 80 minutes. I think he played three. So I think I'm going to have pick Jazzy Jazz because he'll stay on the team on the field longer. So I, I'm I'm all for Jazzy Jazz. Does Jazz losing his dual position worry you though? No, I don't think so. Because yeah. look, if your mids are usually scoring around 50 points anyways. Yeah. So I think he's still relevant at that price. Yeah. Corby? Uh, yeah, a lot of players were out last year. That pumped his time up a little bit too. I'm I'm wary of that with the Warriors. There was mm. a few with that they had four or five players travel back, few injuries, they were borrowing players. So a couple of their um, prices and averages are a bit inflated due to that, I think. Um, and Jazz is one of them, so I'm wary of him. Can we all agree if he starts 13, these are yes, but if he starts 14, he's a no? No, I'm a no. Yeah. I'm a no both ways. I oh, no both ways. Okay. If he starts 13, I might have a look. Okay. All right, boys. Sneaky geese. The guy, I'm going to put a big rap on this guy, Wade Egan. I feel he's going to be the breakout star of 2021. (laughs) Thanks, guys. (laughs) Do I get any support that Wade Egan's going to be the breakout star of 2020? I know you are, Corby. Look at you. You're smiling. I can see you. Yeah, he's one of my first picked. I'm pretty confident from the talk with Justin that he's going to be playing 80. So now, I know you just talked about it, Andy, before, but he was saying, you know, he's, he's got those 50 games that sort of like leaning towards him to now step up a little and talk that he's been working hard on his conditioning. Uh, again, a lot of coaches can say that they're training the house down and doing everything <laughs> yeah. right. Well, that, did you hear him say today about Marcelo? He was said, or yeah. a little I'll, stiffy. I put it to the Warriors <laughs> faithful last week if Egan was going to be breaking. They're just a little bit hesitant about his attacking, but – Corby, as a Dragons fan, you might be just a little bit too young. Did you ever see Nathan Brown play? Yeah, I did. I, he signed my jersey. Really? I was a yeah, big Nathan Brown fan when I was growing up. He was a killer hooker, especially in attack. This is the reason why I think Wade's going to go really well because when you get a head coach that is in your position, he takes a little bit more interest in you and he will pass on his skills. I think you're right. Again, on the back of that forward pack, if it's moving forward, it's going to allow him a bit more time to look around and have a few runs himself. Mm. At free, free up a few runs. At 441K, he's a certainty for Classic. I think everyone will pick him up because of that 80-minute role, I think. Look, he may have a couple of games where Brownie might sub in Daz to replace him for maybe 20, 30 minutes, but I think he'll probably do the 80 more often than not. Well, he's got a PPM of... Point six. So that means that if he plays 80 minutes, he's probably going to score around 48 points as a minimum. You think improvement over the offseason. This guy could easily hit a mid-50s every week. I'm liking him. That's a 20-green yeah. ways. So. Well, I, I did that piece on him, and then I listened to the interview, and it gave me a lot of confidence to put him in as one of my first. And he, he should make around 150K mm. uh, if he gets that um, 80 minutes around the 50 average. Totally agree, boys. All right, so a couple other good players that were mentioned in the chat. First one, Chanel Harris-Tavita. Now, I'm a huge fan. He's back end of the season, that last five games, he scored 350s. Now, he averaged in that mid-40s. It's his time to step up because he's been on the brink for the last two years. There's no more Blake Green. There's no more excuses. So Harris-Tavita at 472K. Andy, any interest? I don't think so. I'm going to, if for the same price or even no, less. No, 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 Well, same price, even less, Lock and Lamb for 10K cheaper. I know who I'm picking. 
I'm picking Harris Tevita. Lamy Lamb. Corby, are you going to back me up or are you going to side with your brother-in-law? No, I'm going Chanel. I like him. He's exciting. I think he'll run the ball a bit more and yes. he will step up a bit more this year. I'm I'm backing him. I'm, he's Him and Lamb, they might be a more dominant half in there and one might get punted to the bench. But I like, I like it when we disagree. You might put both of them. You might, you might pick both of them up. Well, for that price, they're definitely going to rate, um, earn some coin. Hmm. He had that one mad game against Parra that I mentioned to Justin. He agreed that was his breakout game. He scored 65 points that day. He's bloody entertaining when he's switched on. Very yeah, no, entertaining. It, he's in. Next, guys, is Ben Murdoch Masilla. Like, the app's kind of playing up. They've got him listed at 246K as a front rower, sorry, as a middle. Otherwise, there is an adjustment that was on NRL.com, which made him at 405 dual position. Oh, did not see that. I like him as a footballer, following him a lot in the Super League. The thing that I'm really cautious about is last year he missed a lot of footy with injury, and he's already got a pec injury. I'm a little bit of an avoid at this stage and just see what his position in the team is. Corby? Yeah, it sounded like he's just going to come on as that impact player, didn't he? Mm. When Brownie likes his big, powerful edge players, and that also worries me with Katoa. And it sort of goes towards uh, they might play those – bigger forwards and have the four forwards on the bench. Yeah, he's a, he's a weight for me, especially well, the 246 interests me, but mm. if you chuck a few more dollars on, see ya. Yeah, 246, I'd probably put him on the emergency. 405, I'm going to avoid. Andy? Well, when Brownie was with the Knights, so he had uh, uh, Guerra on the bench, mm. uh, when Barnett played on the bench, and there's Herman Essiesi. I, I, was, I had uh, Herman, so I was sort of tracking their minutes played, and there was yeah. no consistency whatsoever. So I think Brownie must – see what's on the field and see who's tired and pull them off. So there's no guarantee that he's going to get the exact same That's points That's good spotting time, out, so. mate, because that will be a nightmare for a co- oh, fantasy you, coach. You're waiting. Come on, Brownie, get him on. Yeah, get him on. Yeah, You're throwing shit at the TV, all sorts Praying of for an injury. <laughs> like you did to him with Cam Smith, yeah. <laughs> Do you remember that, Corby? Yeah, I hate when coaches stuff my fantasy team up. <laughs> yeah, I know. Don't they realise we're playing a game? Exactly. <laughs> Don't you know this is our life? Like- <laughs> yeah. Bellamy's the worst. Jerk. Boys, let's move on to value picks. Corby, someone we've spoken about off air for a little while now is Ewan Aiken. Now, we brushed a couple of other centers, including Lomax, a couple of episodes ago, but he's probably a guy that I'm looking at as the replacement and my top dog. Are you going to support me? Yeah, I, I like him. I think I'll go him as well. His base stats are huge. He, he's really good at just tackle breaks. Mm-hmm. He can rack up 20, 25 points in a run sometimes. And surely he seems to be a confidence. Remember he was on the brink of making origin. Very and close. And was dominating. Yep. And then he didn't – he had a maybe a bad game or Latrell just pipped him. And then he fell off the face of the earth and found a little bit of form last year that sort of coincided with what he was doing before. Corby, and, as yeah. a Dragons fan, and did, does he pass – does he pass? Oh, no, he, he hasn't got the best passing game. He, Which he's is great, right? That's where you went for fantasy. Great yeah. For fantasy. <laughs> yeah. Don't yeah. worry about the winger. I'm scoring all the tries. Forget the winger. Oh, yeah, oh, so. Oh. So you go, Josh. But yeah, Jennings, Jennings was similar last year as well. He's very Jennings-like. Doesn't pass. Good tackle break. Yeah, I'll, I'll rate him. He'll be, he'll be one that I'll be looking at. He'll, he'll be my most expensive center if I pick. A center. He's at five sixty one. Any interest, yeah. Andrew? Yeah, I'll pick and stick him. The the Warriors are missing that sort of 
barnstorming tackle break center for a while now since Conrad Harrell left. So mm. I think he's gonna he'll relish. Uh, and he's like you said, base stats. That's all it's all about. I agree. He's gonna be one of my first centers picked. 160 meters a game, four tackle breaks. We are in agreement. Boys, the next guy, Kenny Mamalo. Didn't play much footy because he went home last year, eight games. One of his better seasons, 37 average, coming off a 39. He's got some good base stats, Corbs. You're a big fan of his. I think it's 190 metres a game. He's an animal. Are you going to get him? Oh, I picked him up last year and he hit his straps. And then I think I picked him a week, <laughs> two days later that he was going, or the word comes through that him and a couple others were heading home. That hurt. That uh, yeah, that he, hurt. he's good. If He didn't get... He got five tries in his last four games, but before that, he wasn't seeing the white line much. But yeah, I, I like him. He he probably wanted to go home. Four, that's why. Four four sixty four. I don't know if there'll be room. It, we've been picking every player. We're going to need double. double <laughs> cap we might have three fancy teams. <laughs> How many teams have you, uh, are you guys going to do? <laughs> yeah, so I I don't know if he's going to find his way. And I'm always nervous about picking the mid ranges. I'd call him that mid range level. I like the. <laughs> Because they're sort of your gut feels, aren't they? Like the top tier always form. Your cheapies are always going to, you know, bring a bit of coin. But the mid rangers, they worry me. And he, he seems to be a bit of a mid ranger. Yeah. And if he's on the outside of you and Aiken, you know he's not getting the ball. <laughs> yeah. yeah, you can stick your gut feel for this one. He's gone. I'm not picking anywhere near him. Boys, listen, Armour. He's back from injury. We've all had him in the past. Only played two games last year with his pick, but. He's had some good years before that. 2019, he averaged 45 for his 47 minutes. Are we just concerned that he might not get the minutes or the start? Is that the only thing, Andy? No, I uh, I rate him I, he's, for 360 grand. It's nice, that's eh? So cheap. So if he, when he's averaging 45 fantasy points, that's 600k. Well, you do that's, it from the start, or you just wait and get a couple more games into him first. I will. No, I'll, I'll go from the start. Just go okay. bang. Because if he starts on Team Tuesday as as the prop, then I'll back him. Okay, I like that. Corby, any anything? Yeah, I'll, a teamless Tuesday if he's starting. But if he's on the bench, I'm not. Okay. Fair call. Yeah. All right, let's spice it up. We'll finish off with a couple of rookies. Actually, before that, one that we did want to mention was Daniel Avaro, eh, boys? Like, oh, no, he's gone. He's, what am I saying? That's Dragons. <laughs> Why am I thinking he's in the thing? He had two games. No, no, there was, I get one of those. No, no. I think there was rumors because he loaned them. That's why. He's probably in your head because he went there for a loan. Yeah, I think so. Sorry, sorry, everyone. That was just a bit of a brain explosion by the, the technical man here. Let's spice it up. Paul Turner. I don't think – look, again, he's, he's kind of like Chad and Sullivan. He played yeah, one good game and he's priced him at 445K. Like some of the pricing and the positions in this has been ridiculous. I want to take over, but at 445K, I just can't see me picking up. Any thoughts, boys? There's not enough evidence – one game is definitely not enough. And look, like uh, Justin was saying, there's no guarantee he's going to make the side. Mm. If he comes into the centre, uh, maybe, but still that price is way too high. Yeah, I agree. Corby, you in agreement? Yeah, way too expensive for that. He's yeah. not even yeah, guaranteed to sport. And the last guy, Adam Pompey, he's just a bit of an average guy. He's probably, again, too expensive at 395. Who's been – he's only average 28. How do you get a 395? Okay, I'm gonna avoid at this stage, even though I do rate him as a player if he can get some get some minutes. But boys, what are we thinking on Adam Pompey, the center? Oh, I'm actually looking at him. I I was having a look at their outside backs. Mamalo, Aiken, even Hiku's probably pretty safe. He played all right. Fusatua. Yeah. He had twenty two average. I didn't realise it was that bad. He's a cat. <laughs> yeah. Was, he is a cat. 
he just doesn't translate into good fantasy. What did he do though? out there? Even when he was leading try scorer in the NRL, he scored nothing. Yeah, I think Dave. Well, <laughs> yeah, so Pompey, even Montoya. Oh, Marcelo, if is he the one who's can... been trained the highest down? Is that the guy that you keep sending training photos of his guns to us? No, no, I don't know who that, oh, that might be. Big he's Stefano. backing down now. Yeah, that was Big Stefano. Oh, okay, no, but yeah, those two are, are sort of watching, um, keeping on who the co- the new coach might uh, might change things up a little bit. He didn't really, himself. <laughs> didn't really deliver that much last year, did he? So I think that other, with the recruits they had, they, it might be a spot for grabs. So. Yeah, yeah, but like the Remus Smith, he was at the Doggies. Their attack finished 13th, 16th, 15th. If you're an outside back, that's hard to get some points. Like if you can get those extra attacking stats on the front foot, yeah, I think if they can, yeah, if he gets his spot in there, he, he might be one to look at. But, yeah, don't base it off the Doggies. They've been, <laughs> they've been terrible. Say it. Say horrendous. They have been horrendous. <laughs> Boys, we've hit 18 minutes. That was our longest preview so far. We thought so. But they've had plenty to talk about. But, boys, next week we're going to be wrapping up with Parramatta, David Kidwell, Canberra, Brett White. So a couple of big teams coming up. It's going to be continuing all through the year. So make sure you subscribe, tell your friends, leave us a review on Apple Podcasts, and make sure you're following us on Facebook, Instagram at Talking League Pod, Twitter at Talking League One. Some great insights. Andy, thank you. Jeez, guys, I can't wait for that uh, Power Team song next time. Corby, thank you, mate. Thank you, boys. See you later. All right, later, boys.